Welcome to Equality Education, a show about inclusive teaching, supportive parenting and a kinder future. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Equality Education podcast with me, Ollie Pike. And today is a special episode because it is the last episode of this series. Yeah, it's been really great developing the show for you and I hope you've enjoyed listening and hopefully learning something from it. And I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this series. I really appreciate it. But fear not, I will still regularly be creating lots more LGBT plus and equality inclusive videos and classroom resources with Pop and Ollie. And in fact, there are a ton of free printable resources over at popandolly.com right now, which you should go check out. But anyway, back to today's show. And today, my guest, FYI, who I was super excited to speak with, is an amazingly talented YA author, an incredible illustrator, and a person who identifies as aromantic asexual. Today on the show, I have none other than the brilliant Alice Oseman. We talk about her writing slash illustrating process, her latest book, Loveless, and how that book links with her own Arrow Ace identity. Hello, Alice. Welcome to the Equality Education Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hello. Happy to be here. How are you doing? You feeling good? I'm good. Yeah, not too bad. Amazing. Um, We were just talking and I let you know that I'm so thrilled to have you here today. Like, I am in awe of your work like Aww. you are incredible <laughs> let me just um reel off some of your achievements to all the <laughs> listeners okay so alice you are an award-winning author of young adult fiction you've written four novels you're a screenwriter you're also an incredible illustrator now i thought i was impressive like <laughs> writing and illustrating my own books but your illustrations are like stunning Aww, they're so you. good you have created the LGBTQ plus young adult romance webcomic, Heartstopper, which I'm obsessed with. <laughs> it is so cute. When did you when did you start that, by the way? That started in 2016. So quite a long time ago now. It's been around for ages. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like I've got a lot to catch up on. I've, I feel yeah. like I, I've, I've read a lot, but I feel like there's so much more. Do you follow online or do you read the books? I've just started reading the it online on like oh, Tumblr, okay. which is where it started, yeah. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I feel like I want to buy the books because yeah. I feel like they'd make really <laughs> nice gifts. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, we'll talk about that more later. Um. And well, actually, Heartstopper, um, it has now been turned into a physical book, which is incredible, um, like a comic, and it's been optioned for TV. Yes, it has. Which I wasn't sure what that meant, <laughs> but it means like it's kind of like in the works of becoming like yeah. a TV. I mean, I could, do you want me to explain now or should we talk about it later? Or? Yeah, talk about it. Talk about it now. Yeah, so yeah. option basically means that a production company has bought the rights to adapt it. Um, so what they do then is like basically figure out how they would adapt it into a TV show. Um, and then from there they pitch it to broadcasters, which is actual people, you know, like, you know, BBC, ITV, Channel 4, Netflix, like all the online ones, they're broadcasters. So, um, all I can say for now is that it has been optioned and I've been working with 
the production company, Seesaw Films, um, to turn Hearts of Prince TV show. And fingers crossed, someone will want to actually make it happen. <laughs> that is so exciting. Like, how does that feel? It's, it is like, I still can't believe it. I mean, it, this, the option happened quite a long time ago now, but, and I'm still working on it with them. But I, I still like, every time I'm working on it, I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is, is actually this a thing. <laughs> That's like ultimate goals yeah, and dreams, I think. Really when you is. create, as like a uh, a storyteller, like you have these stories in your head and you put them down on pages and like even being published and having it turned into a book is like incredible. Yeah. And then to go on another journey with it, for it to kind of be interpreted into the same story, but in a different way, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. that's definite 100% goals. I'm like, thrilled to hear that for you and please can I play Charlie uh, well you have to audition <laughs> <laughs> we have similar hair you do we have you have hair. the perfect Charlie so, hair I'll say that <laughs> yeah okay I'm gonna turn up at the audition you'll be like oh <laughs> <laughs> but anyway today um what I'd really like to talk about um is your new book Loveless um which I've read and it's awesome I really really enjoyed it so much to like unpack there but before we get onto that, I just want to um, read something which I found on your website, which oh, I love. Okay. And uh, it's about you. And it says that you can usually be found staring aimlessly at computer screens, questioning the meaninglessness of existence, or doing anything and everything to avoid getting an office job. Yes. Now, Alice, I feel like we're cut from the same cloth because that sounds a little bit like yeah. me. Like, I... As much as I'm a creative, I feel like I spend all my time staring at computer screens or on my iPad drawing. Um, and yeah, basically doing anything to, to not get a real job. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Although the more the more I like grow my work, the more it does sometimes feel like an office job. Do you sometimes feel like that? Yeah, no. Sometimes I'm sitting like at my desk all day and I'm like, wow, I, this is an office job now. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Do you have like specific hours that you work like I work a nine to five Monday to Friday mm. do you do that oh that's very strict I know wow, that's I know <laughs> I'm not that strict but I do have sort of a routine I so I always do Heartstopper comic pages in the mornings every morning oh. I wake up and try and do one page what time do you do that um yeah I mean I'm not an early riser <laughs> so that's usually like 10 a.m 11 a.m yeah. kind of time when you like so when you first wake up yeah yeah amazing. basically that's so um, good yeah so that's like my little routine and then the afternoon is just for like whatever else I've got on because it's always something different like I've got different projects that I'm doing so it's just like whatever's most urgent <laughs> whatever has yeah. the soonest deadline um, and then I always work too late. I'm a bit of a workaholic. I, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of creatives are. We just get in these zones. And I don't know about you, but I, I forget to like eat and yeah. go to the toilet. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm <laughs> so <too> like engrossed. <laughs> engrossed. And like hours later, I'm like, oh my God, I'm busting for a pee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, yeah, it's hard to cut sometimes like get a balance between letting your creative creative head lead mm. and also like having this business structure yeah and like sometimes we put in these like deadlines but then that kind of compromises the creativity mm. and it, I find it quite a struggle do you, do you find it a struggle sometimes yeah. no I definitely do I've never been good with deadlines I I always I always produce my best work when I'm not stressed about a deadline so like 
I always think my first book was the easiest to write because I was just writing it absolutely free, no deadlines, no pressure. Like I could do it whenever I wanted. It didn't matter when I finished it. Um, but now, like, particularly with my latest book, Loveless, like, I missed so many deadlines. Like, I'll have to go into how long it took to write at some point because it just, like, I would miss deadline after deadline. So throughout the whole process, I was just in this intense state of stress. And that's probably why I found it so hard to write. Um, yeah, I'm not good with deadlines. <laughs> Did you have points when you were writing Loveless where you would just, like, scrap hundreds of pages or cross things out and that or yeah. even like start again oh my god yeah so like I've never usually I'm not like that so with all my previous books I had a very detailed plan and I would, then I would go ahead and write it and I, I'm quite a slow writer but that means I do less edits afterwards so my first draft is usually quite polished so I've done it really slowly, like with a really detailed plan. So I just knew exactly what I was doing. Wow. But with Loveless, that just all went out the window. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, to go back to the beginning, I started planning it kind of immediately after my third book came out. So this was like middle of 2018. And I knew what I wanted it to be about, but I just couldn't figure out what actually needed to happen in the book, like what the plot was going to be. So it took me a long time to actually start writing. It mm -hmm. must have been about a year, I think. It was like mid-2019 when I finally kind of sat down and was like, right, my deadline is coming. My deadline's like at the end of the year. I need to start writing, even though I don't have a very detailed plan. Mm -hmm. So... I just like stormed ahead, even though I didn't really know yeah. what exactly was going to happen in it. And I'm not good at writing like that. I mean, lots of writers do that, but for me, I need a plan. <laughs> so I did that and it got to like start of 2020 and I just hated it. I was so unhappy with how it was turning out. There were just so many things about it that I didn't like. Oh. And I was like 60,000 words in and I, got to a point where I was ranting about it to one of my writer friends and she was mm. like, look, maybe you need to consider starting again. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, because I knew she was right. Like I knew that yeah. was what was needed to happen. So literally I was at yeah. 60,000 words when I just went back to the beginning and started again. Um, and, you know, I could reuse a lot of the stuff that was there, but it was still kind of rebuilding it from the ground up. And that was just, yeah, uh, it was the right thing to do, but it was stressful. Um, I bet, yeah. I bet, especially <laughs> with that encroaching deadline as well. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Bless you. Would, do you think this book was slightly more difficult to write than your other ones? Because the the theme and topic of it is something which is quite personal to you? Yeah, I think so. I definitely think that was a big part of it. Like, because I knew, I mean, from the beginning, I knew I, what I wanted the themes to be. You know, I, I knew I wanted it to be this kind of coming out story about an asexual aromantic girl. Yeah. And I wanted it to be about friendship and, you know, how friendship can be just as powerful as romance. But I've, you know, plotting contemporary stories like that is hard because you want it to feel realistic, you don't, but you want, you need it to be interesting, but it can't really overpower like the themes and the emotional characters. The, the emotional journey of the characters is what's most important as opposed to like the actual plot that's happening. 
So there's, Mm. I mean, contemporary novels are difficult to plan at the best of times, (laughs) but this one, because it was such an important story to me and it was, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing like I tried to write before, there was just, it was hard. (laughs) Well, it like, it reads fantastically and I think you've done an absolutely brilliant job um, in terms of really explaining the aromantic and the asexual identities because... They are likely uh, new words, which some people mm. might not have heard of. For everyone, anyone listening who doesn't know what these words mean, so aromantic is someone who experiences little to no romantic attraction, and someone mm. who is asexual uh, is someone who might experience little to no sexual attraction. And some people might identify as one or the other. Some people might identify as both. I quite like the shorthand for this. It's mm. called Arrow Ace. Yes. That's like such a cool word. <laughs> it does sound cool, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And so you identify as um, a romantic asexual, um, mm-hmm. Arrow Ace. Um, and that's largely what Loveless is about. It's about, and you know what I do? I'm just going to read the, like the little synopsis for yeah, everyone. Yeah, okay. So, okay, here we go. <clears throat> I'm trying to do a really good job here. So. Georgia has never been in love, never kissed anyone, never even had a crush. But as a fanfic-obsessed romantic, she's sure she'll find her person one day. As she starts university with her best friends Pip and Jason in a whole new town far from home, Georgia's ready to find romance. And with her outgoing roommate on her side and a place in the Shakespeare Society, her teenage dream is in sight. But when her romance plans wreak havoc amongst her friends, Georgia ends up in her own comedy of errors, and she starts to question why love seems so easy for other people, but not for her. With new terms thrown at her, asexual, aromantic, Georgia is more uncertain about her feelings than ever. Ooh, and that is the little synopsis. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Yeah, and no, I thought it was brilliant. I also love the way in this book, it's kind of like really chilled out, and it's not too complicated and you flip from Scooby-Doo yes. to Shakespeare <laughs> seamlessly. <laughs> like, it's such a fun read, uh, I imagine, for uh, particularly teenagers and young adults who are in this place of, like, discovering their identities. Mm. Um, and I love the way that you've included these new identities um, in there really well. So congratulations on this book. You should be super, super proud. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but yes, going back to um, your identity, Loveless is an autobiographical. Um, however, the main character, Georgia, um, would you say there's like parts of you in her? Obviously, mm. because of her identity that she's discovering. Um, she comes across as quite like a quiet person. Um, she's got like a couple of like really, really good friends. Is that like similar to you, would you say? Mm, yeah. yeah, that is definitely similar to me. Like her story is not kind of the same as mine, but personality-wise, she is like quite similar to me in a lot of ways. Um, like, at, you know, most of the book is set at university, obviously. Which I love. I didn't actually get to go to university. Oh. So, uh, well, I, I have a degree, but I went to like a dance theatre college, oh. which wasn't a uni <laughs> experience at all. So through your book, I kind of got to live that university experience which was like looked like so much fun did you go to uni (laughs) yeah I did I went to the same uni that's in the book Durham University yeah amazing um so like all the uni stuff is basically based on you know my uni life and I was I did not enjoy being at university like 
that's kind of where mine and George's experience differ because although she struggles with like making new friends and stuff at the start, she really like, finds her place in the end. Whereas I do not. <laughs> I oh, just, okay. I just didn't like, you know, it wasn't the environment for me, like where everyone was kind of being super sociable all the time. And I'm very introverted. So mm-hmm. and in my first year in particular, I had to share a room like Georgia. Um, oh wow! Which is very when uncommon. that moment happened in the book, yeah, 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 I was like, mm. <laughs> very I don't uncommon know how I'd in feel the about UK. That. Yeah, exactly. Like it's really rare. That's more of an American thing. Um, mm. And I showed up to university on my first day, and they were like, oh, "You're in a shared room." And I was like, <gasps> "This is the end." <laughs> oh my god! Because that bit felt so painful in the book. Yeah, her it is character. like an introvert's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I didn't have a very outgoing, friendly roommate like Rooney. I instead had a roommate who didn't want to be my friend. Oh, <laughs> so sad. I can't imagine that. That's sad. <laughs> um, so, you know, just like I, I didn't enjoy my course, things like that. It just wasn't the right place for me. But Durham itself is a really lovely university. Um, and I wanted Georgia to like, as she kind of comes to, finding acceptance self-acceptance with her identity she also um finds you know kind of her place at university she finds all these new friends and mm-hmm. has a little group of people where she can be happy um yeah i love the way she like goes on this journey because at the beginning she's in this place where she expects so much of herself mm. um and and that kind of comes comes from you know societal expectations which we all experience in real life of what our lives should consist of yes. <laughs> like you're meant to grow up and get a good job and fall in love mm. and get a house and a mortgage and have children it's like that's what's expected of a lot, lot of us mm. and that although that is right for some people it's not always right for everyone yeah. So I'm so pleased that there is a book that explores this idea that actually romance uh, and sex isn't right for everyone. Mm. Like, thank you for writing this book because it's the truth and people shouldn't feel pressured into doing doing anything that's not right for them, whether it's from society or or whether it's pressure they're putting on themselves. Mm. Um, And Georgia does put a lot of pressure on on herself to to feel normal Mm, i'm doing like quotations um because she doesn't feel normal Mm. um and that basically is what the book is about it's about her journey and finding what's right for her and um i love that she's got some friends along the way Mm. um jason and pip i think pip is my favorite character yes she's hilarious (laughs) she's one of my faves yeah (laughs) yeah is she like based on anyone you know or she's someone she's not she no she just popped into my mind um she was probably the most fun character to write in this book because she's just really funny (laughs) she's so cool like i wish i had a friend like her yeah Uh, and she's like super confident super sure of herself um she has a few moments of like where you see her being a bit more vulnerable, mm. um, which is nice. Um, but yeah, no, I super love her character. So let's um, talk about your identity, your aromantic and asexual identity. Is that something you discovered at uni, like Georgia? 
Yeah, a little bit. It's difficult to say. People ask me this a lot. Like, when, when, mm. when did you find out? And it's yeah. not like there was one specific point. It was very much a process of like many years and many different things that I've experienced and, you know, research that I've done online. Um, and I, I didn't have much of like, an LGBT education growing up at all. Like I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm 25 and I think things have changed so much yeah. since I was at school. Um, like nowadays when I do book events and stuff, like I meet lots of teenagers um, and they tell me about how they've got like an LGBT club at school or, you yeah. know, things like that. And it's like, that's just so wild to me because there was nothing like that when I was at school. Um, so I just didn't know much at all at that point. Um, and then it was more when I got into uni when I would, when I was online a bit more and I kind of learned about things on the internet. Um, and then just, you know, a, a process of several years when I first started to realize like that this, cause I think the thing with being our ace is that there's always this feeling of, or maybe if I just meet the right person one day, like things mm-hmm. will change. Um, but it is, you know, it's difficult to kind of feel like, you know, deciding that this is not going to change. Like this is who I am and that's okay. Um, so it's complicated and it takes a long time, but yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that was probably like a not very well thought out question like when did you realize because it's like it's more it's <laughs> yeah. so much more complicated that and mm, it's like when yeah. people say to me when did you realize you were gay and it's like mm. I don't I don't really know I just exactly it's not just one moment <laughs> no it's like it's little pieces of a puzzle isn't it that you're putting mm, together for yeah. yourself mm. and then eventually you get enough pieces to like see a part of you and you're like oh okay yeah that makes sense yeah yeah no thank you for sharing that and um yeah it's really great to have a book which explores this because I feel mm. as I said earlier there's so much pressure on people to live their life a certain way yeah. and you might know my focus is on like younger children so like primary mm. age children and a lot of my stories are LGBT plus inclusive but I think mainly what I try to do is encourage children to think for themselves and mm pick their own destinies in a way and not feel like they have to do do life one way because there's many options and we're all different and what's right for someone isn't right for others yeah there's there's such a like romance is like such a huge part of our culture and Mm. it's so overwhelming and I can imagine it must be everywhere for someone who identifies as arrow ace it's like romance is everywhere mm. how does it how does that feel is mm. that exhausting um yeah it's so ingrained into like everything it's I mean half the time it's not even something I really think about um like part of kind of the realizing process was you know feeling that pressure when you get to a certain age you know, when, when you're like 16 and everyone's starting to like get into relationships and have their first boyfriend or their first girlfriend, first relationship. Um, and you know, that's, that was kind of one of the first points for me. I was like, well, why, why is that not happening to me? Like, why don't I want to do this? Um, and then, you know, when you get to 
18 and people are starting to have first like sexual experiences and it's like well what why 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 am I different like what what's going on <laughs> and there mm. are all these pressures like as you go up and almost there's always like a timeline of things that people expect you to do yeah um and you know when you're an adult and people are like oh well when are you gonna get married and have a baby it's like oh <laughs> you just got, got to let people live their lives um and mm. it's difficult to get yourself out of the mindset of feeling like you need to fulfill all of these things that how people think you need to live your life and what is normal in quotation marks <laughs> yeah it's like armor isn't it mm. it's like or, or like bricks mm. it's like yeah you get a brick for being in a relationship mm. and then you get a brick for like being married or another one for having kids mm. and it's like we're building up these weird imaginary houses yeah. or like this this imaginary checklist and it's like is that actually what's right for us I mean a hundred percent right for some people but not for everyone mm. and personally speaking it's like relationships haven't been my um strong point <laughs> in my life like I I don't know why um I've been more focused on like being creative mm. and work and my friends yeah. and I'm fine mm, like yeah. for a long long time people like relatives and this is actually something that happens in in, in Loveless is that uh, relatives would ask me like oh so have you seen anyone yeah you're not getting any younger <laughs> and it's like oh my god <laughs> like you must have experienced that oh, as well oh yeah definitely yeah it's not yeah. fun <laughs> no and it's like you're only 25 mm. as well and it's like you're not even old. No. <laughs> like, like I'm 34. I'm not even, I don't even think I'm old. No. It's like, if something happens in the future, like, amazing. Yeah. Like, we don't need to put any pressure on exactly. it. Exactly. And, you know, I, you know, I look at my granddad, actually. He met his, um, like, the love of his life when he was, like, 58 years old, 60 oh, years old. Yeah, so it's nice. like, like, true love can happen mm, at any age. Exactly. Um, maybe it's because we're always like looking forward mm, and we're yeah. not actually living in the moment mm. maybe that's yeah. part of it I think also it encourages people to kind of settle for less like people are so concerned with getting into a relationship and you know like I said fulfill this timeline often people will kind of just go with something that doesn't make them fully happy in a way um, yeah yeah no definitely one of my one of my books um is the prince and the frog and it's like a twist on like mm. the traditional fairy tale uh, fairy tale and and in the end um spoiler um <laughs> um the frog actually ends up being kissed by a boy and they like are in love mm. and in a little gay relationship but there's another character caroline um and the story starts with like her trying to kiss the frog because they think it needs to be a girl. Mm. Um, and then at the end, they all ask her, they're like, oh, but what about you, Caroline? Like, who are you going to fall in love, love with? When's your love story going to happen? And she's like, you know what? I'm actually fine. <laughs> I really love my life as it is. Aww. And yeah. I like And that. I feel like that was, yeah, I feel like that was a really important part to include in a kid's story yeah, as well. definitely. Because... I think as kids, they, well, we know kids are like little sponges. They pick up on mm. everything. And 
they're fed all the time that when you grow up, you become part of a couple. Yeah. And I feel like it's important to feed them other options mm. as well. Yeah. Is that is that something that would have maybe benefited you if you'd have had something like that when you were younger? Yeah, definitely. Particularly in like my early teens um, and my teens. Uh, I feel like when I was like 13, 14, like I went to an all girls school and people, that was the point where everyone was just like obsessed with you know, like rom-com movies and things like that, where, you know, falling in love and having this perfect romance is like the main goal. So to have a story like that at that age would have been really beneficial. I want to talk now about something I'm obsessed with. I mentioned earlier, Heartstopper. Yes. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's incredible. Yay. Um, is that the thing that came first? Did that did that webcomic come before all of your books, or had you written a book and then done Heartstopper? No. So books, my books came first. My way prose novels. Um, I'll give you a brief timeline of my entire yeah, career. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, um, so I wrote my first book solitaire in 2012, um, and that came out in 2014. Um, and then my second book, Radio Silence, came out in early 2016. Um, but Heartstopper is, which is about Nick and Charlie. Um, Nick and Charlie are existing characters from my first book, Solitaire. Yeah. 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 It does, they do link, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, they're very, very different stories, but, um, they are in both of those stories. So after I finished writing Solitaire, I knew that I wanted to write more about Nick and Charlie because in that book, they're yeah they're together they're in an established relationship but we don't really learn much about them because it's not narrated by either of them um so I knew that I wanted to like tell their story somehow and I tried for quite a long time to plan it as a a novel uh, but I just couldn't figure out a way to make it work that I liked because I felt like their story didn't have a very typical novel structure there wasn't like Mm -hmm. a solid beginning middle end it was much more of like an episodic story um, where they kind of deal with all these things that come along and it goes on for a much longer time than would happen in a novel. So um, 2016, I started planning Heartstopper as a webcomic because I love drawing and I love comics. So, um... yeah, you're so good at drawing. <laughs> oh, I'm <thank> so <laughs> jealous. What do you draw on, by the way? I draw on a, usually I draw on a graphics tablet. It's a Wacom mm-hmm. Intuos Pro tablet. Um, and Photoshop, but occasionally I do draw on iPad. That's, yeah, that's I, I draw my stuff on my iPad with my finger. Yeah, iPad's really is, good. Yeah, just easier. But I, I love your style. It's like oh. it's kind of like um, anime meets like Disney a little yeah. bit. It's, it's so <laughs> cute. Um, but sorry, yeah, carry on. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, so Heartstopper launched in September 2016. Um, and then it just kind of steadily grew from there. I was posting it online uh, for free for people to read on Tumblr and Tapas and eventually Webtoons as well. Um, so that kind of went on for a couple of years. And then in 2018, I knew that I wanted it to be books. I've always known, I'd always known that I wanted it to be books, but I had to wait until it was actually feasible. So it had enough readers who would want to buy it. Um, and I talked to my agent, um, who's been my agent for my YA novels, 
And she said, uh, well, there's not really like a market in the UK for young adult graphic novels. Like it's just not really a thing. That's more of a US thing, which is what I expected, I'd heard to say, honestly. Like there really aren't many YA graphic novels in the UK. Um, it's just not really a thing. Um, so I decided to self-publish, um, which is what a lot of webcomic creators do um, through a crowdfunding thing. So usually people use Kickstarter. So I use Kickstarter um, and it did really, really well, way better than I expected. And I ended up sending out almost like 2000 copies of it, which was amazing. absolutely amazing. I did not expect that at all. Um, but it did really well and I was so happy with how the book turned out. Um, it was a lot of work. <laughs> Literally yeah. about half a year of my life was just me going to and from the post yeah. office every day. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I, I get my mum to do my uh, postage and packaging, bless her. So My mum was also helping yeah, me. <laughs> they get ripped in, don't they? Good old family. Yes. <laughs> But I love the illustrations so much. Oh, Did, thank like, you. There's so many as well. And, you know, as an illustrator myself, I know how long it takes mm. to get pictures just right. But yeah, it must take up so much of your time illustrating and writing and writing yeah. novels. Like, do you sleep? <laughs> no. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> uh, no. Honestly, I am just a workaholic. Like, it is bad. I really want to try and make an effort to put more time into like doing other things than work because I honestly can just work from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to sleep mm. and that is not healthy <laughs> it's because like you're obsessed with it though and that's why yeah. you're so successful because it, oh because <laughs> you love it so much and it's not I, I do. it's not just a passion it's like you're obsessed with it mm. I bet you're just like always yeah. thinking about it about, I am like, I really next. am <laughs> yeah do, do you like keep like a little notepad or something on you so if you like get ideas do you do you write them down um so I have uh like a big document a word document um that where I just plan and write the whole of Heartstopper um because I write it as a script basically um and I I have planned like the basic structure of the whole thing like all five volumes I know roughly what is going to happen um, and then I try to plan in more detail as I get a little bit closer to the actually drawing it. Um, so, and then I'll write it kind of, I try and stay like a few scenes ahead. So I don't write out the whole thing and then draw. I've written like a few scenes in advance um, before I start drawing. So, but yeah, no, I also do have like a little notepad thing um just like on my phone if I just get a random idea I'll just jot it down um I'm not really like a physical note sort of person I don't write things down like a notepad I'm definitely like a digital person (laughs) yeah sometimes um ideas just come in such random moments and there can be such tiny things and I know for me that sometimes that tiny thing can then turn into a bigger thing and then it could maybe become like a video or then a book like and it it can just start something as simple as like um a joke yeah or like or like a a pun Mm. or something um it's nice kind of seeing how ideas grow and flourish yeah and yeah I I love this webcomic like you really captured like a teenage me that didn't exist like you you've really expertly done that because like reading it, it like just constantly have like little butterflies in my tummy oh. 
and I just really identified with like the Charlie character mm-hmm. and I know that's exactly how I would would have wanted to be if I could have been as a teenager yeah um so yeah you've done like an expert job on capture, capturing them emotions Thank and, and Good. putting it in such an adorable uh format online so well done Looking at um, something else now, um, I was on your website um, looking at some of your books and I noticed that you're actually rewriting um, part of one of your books. Yeah. Firstly, before before we delve into that, this was on your content warning page, which I think is incredible that you've got that mm. because it because some of your books do um, explore kind of like darker issues and it's almost just like a little trigger warning saying that if you read this book, just so you know, it's going to explore um bullying or um mental health issues possibly even like suicide in some books um so i think that was really um great of you to to put that up there but yeah i said on one of your books you're actually uh rewriting 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 <laughs> parts of it yeah so that is my uh, first book solitaire um and this is something i've wanted to do for ages uh but it's a really it was a really long difficult job (laughs) so I hadn't been able to do it until literally last month when I finally you know I finished all my work obviously on Loveless I finished my work on my novellas and I finally had the time to take like two weeks to just sit down and do some edits on my very first book Solitaire which as I said I originally wrote way back in 2012 um so my the reason I wanted to do that is um, several reasons, really. Firstly, as, as I said, Solitaire and Heartstopper are linked. They have the same characters in them, uh, but they are very, very different stories. Heartstopper um, is a very light, happy, romantic graphic novel series, very suitable for younger readers, whereas Solitaire is a very dark story. It's a, It's about mental illness. It's quite distressing to read, I think, for some readers. Um, and I honestly wouldn't recommend that all people who have enjoyed Heartstopper would enjoy Solitaire. I think it might be quite triggering to a lot of people who have enjoyed Heartstopper. And I've had a lot of messages and comments kind of over the years from Heartstopper readers saying, oh, I just read Solitaire. I'm really upset about what's going to happen in the future of Heartstopper. Like Solitaire was really distressing. And that's been... Like, I fully understand why people have had that reaction. Uh, and I wanted to do several things to Solitaire to try and kind of take, you know, try and make it a safer book to read for people who have mm-hmm. enjoyed Heartstopper. So some of the things I've been doing has been in the, the, the new Solitaire edits are not out yet. We haven't put them into the actual book yet, but that will be happening sometime soon I'm not sure exactly when Mm. um but it will have a proper actual page of contact mornings in the book like right at the front Uh, um which is I really think that's important because it is a very serious story um and uh I've just done a few edits in the book to the, the the way it was written to try and lessen its kind of distressing impact um because there are always going to be people who've enjoyed Heartstop who want to find out a bit more about these characters and then they'll go and read Solitaire. And I want to make sure that it's not going to, you know, hurt people, basically. <laughs> so, Wow, yeah. yeah. That's, like, super responsible of you. Like, mm. 
And, you know, I applaud you for doing that. Well done. It's interesting, isn't it, when we create stuff in the past and then, like, years later we return to it. And I feel like you're either, like, depending on what place you're in, you're, like, super proud of it. You're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I did this. Or you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I did this. This is terrible. This is – um, and I need to change that. And I know I sometimes feel that about some of my books that I've Mm. written four or five years ago. And I think it's because, you know, we're all on a journey of learning yeah. about like, different mm-hmm. identities and what's um, the most welcoming and and kindest way of of going about yeah. things and um, telling other people's stories which aren't necessarily mm-hmm. our own. So, um, yes, yeah, well done for doing that. <laughs> so... Where do you want to go? And interpret it, interpret that as you will. Like, where do you want to go with your career? Or where do you want to go on holiday? (laughs) Where do you want to go? Oh, I wish I could go on holiday somewhere. (laughs) Someday we'll get to leave the country again. Yeah, safely. Um, (laughs) Career-wise, I... mm, Tricky. I am at this really interesting point right now where I... I've just come to the end of my book contracts with my current publisher, HarperCollins. Like, Loveless is done. I've just finished the work for my novellas, which are like Nick and Charlie, which came out in August and This Winter, which is coming out in October. I've finished all the work for that. So I'm just kind of like a free agent now. I can kind of choose wow. like what I'm doing next, which is really exciting. Um and I haven't really been in this position before because I've been in book deals mm-hmm. basically since like, Solitaire was a thing. And that was when I was like 18. So now I don't, I, I really don't know exactly what I'm going to do next. Like, I think I'm probably not going to do a new young adult novel for a little while. Mm-hmm. I would like to try something a little bit different, whether that's more novellas so more short stories or maybe writing something for adults or maybe I really want to write a an, another a spin-off graphic novel um from Heartstopper right. about Tara and Darcy <laughs> so I would love to do that um That's so the, I have the, lots uh, of ideas the other couple in it yeah the yeah lesbian couple yeah 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 I really want to tell like their story kind of how they got together because that's not really explained in the story um so I have lots of options but I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do next so I guess we'll see great that's exciting okay Alice what refills your cup what inspires you creatively inspires me um I think I mean firstly taking a break from work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely need to stop working. That's good that, that you know that. Yeah. Because a lot of workaholics don't. Whether I actually follow my advice is debatable, but mm-hmm, <laughs> it mm-hmm. is definitely helpful. Um, and also con- like consuming other people's art, just whether that's books or comics or movies, just experiencing other people's stories is has always been a big inspiration for me like particularly if I'm watching like a new movie that I haven't seen before I always come away from it if it's good I, I always come away from it thinking oh I like that idea now I'm, I want to write something yeah. like that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah what advice would you give to 
either a younger you or a person, a younger person now who maybe is unsure of their arrow ace identity? Mm. I think I would say like, it's okay to be unsure. It's okay to be questioning. Um, I think there's not a lot of representation um, in any form really of when an arrow ace person is in that questioning phase and figuring things out. I think online, it's very easy to find people who are very open, very confident about their identities, but not so many people, um, you know, online or in TV or books or anything like that, um, who are in that questioning phase. So it's okay to not really be sure right now. Um, You have time. You don't need to figure things out immediately. You don't need to decide what label was right immediately. You can just take as much time as you want. It's okay. Brilliant. I mean, and that advice, that's, we can say that to any person who identifies as as LGBTQ plus, or even if they don't, like that's perfect advice. So thank you for that. And um, final thing, Alice, where can people find you online? Yes, so I am on Twitter and Instagram at Alice Oseman, or you can find out more about all of my stories and things I'm getting up to on my website, which is aliceoseman.com. Yes, there's brilliant stuff on there, so definitely go check it out. Amazing, Alice. It's been incredible. I'm so overjoyed to have uh, spoken to you. Thank you for giving up your time, and um, best of luck with all your exciting ventures, and I look forward to seeing more of Heartstopper. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to the last in the series of the Equality Education Podcast. Don't forget, I will still be regularly creating content with Poppinoli on the Poppinoli YouTube channel, and I will continually be adding resources to the members area at poppinoli.com. And once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode and the previous episodes. It's been really awesome creating this podcast and talking to all sorts of people And I hope you found it useful and interesting. And um, yeah, don't worry. You will be able to find me online at Ollie Pike um, and at Pop and Ollie. And you will be seeing and hearing from me very soon in various formats. So (laughs) I won't be gone for too long. Um, But yeah, thanks for being here. Look after yourself and take care.